Hello and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. This podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. And I've got all the gentlemen on the podcast with me today, guys. How's it going, guys? Alex Tate, Sacred City Youth Director. Kevin Kenora, Pastoral Assistant. Rob Spextra, Pastor of Discipleship. All right, today we're going to be answering a listener question. Uh, we got the question asking about church membership. Mm-hmm. So uh, why do we do church membership? Is church membership biblical? And why do we sign a covenant? Mm-hmm. So why do we have covenant membership at Sacred City? What's the benefit? What's the blessings, et cetera, et cetera? What would we miss it? What would we be missing out on if we didn't do it? Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. so that's what we're going to... So we're going to do. I've got kind of a rough idea in my head of where I'd like to go, but Rob, I'm going to give you a first shot. You can choose one of those if you want. <laughs> Any one of those yeah, questions? Since you're, the, you're the pastor of discipleship, so this is yeah. technically... Lead us, Rob. Under, lead us. Under, under him. Yeah, that's you know what right. I mean? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean... I, earn that paycheck. I earn that paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> I will try. I will try. Yeah, well, I, I think... In the context, I think the context that we find ourselves uh, in in our in our day, uh, unlike the context that they had back in back in the day when when the gospel was, was going out, is is that uh, we think much more like consumers. We think much more individualistic. Mm. Um, so I think first of all, just getting a, a larger context of the world that we live in. Part of that question comes out of the fact of of uh, you know. It, it comes out of the fact that this is just the world we, we live in. So a consumer is one who, who you know, we've been trained as consumers to uh, try different businesses. We try different products. And our loyalty to those businesses and products are only to the level that we get something out of it. Mm-hmm. So once that business no longer pleases us, we move on to the next one. Or that product no longer is what we think is, 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 is best for us. Or as we know how our... Society works in terms of products. We're always looking for something. You know, th- th- there is always something trying to woo us away with a better product, or uh, you know, more fancier bells and whistles within within a product. And so, as a result, uh, we now live in a culture, um, particularly in the West here, where we see churches in that same way. So we come into, we walk into. A matter of fact. Whenever you talk to someone, they they move into a new community. What are they going to do in terms of what do they call it when they're looking for a church? Shopping. Yeah, church they're shopping. church shopping. So it has infected the very way that we even talk about looking for a church. Mm-hmm. What we are So when we say that, what are we doing? We're doing just like we do with any other kind of uh, a product or service. Mm-hmm. We, we look around, we find out which is the one that's going to be most pleasing to, to us, and as a result, then we will choose accordingly. And... If that church no longer pleases us, then we can move on. And many, you know, and what does the gospel do? The gospel is not always a message of pleasure. Mm. <laughs> many times it points out the very thing we need to hear, and that is that we are sinners. So if we already have this mentality uh, as a consumer, uh, if the pastor is preaching a message, or if a member or an individual is, is speaking into your life, and they begin to point out maybe what you haven't seen, and that is that you have sin, that's not a pleasurable thing, it's painful, you have one of two responses. You can either acknowledge that for the authority of that person over you, and particularly if it's a pastor, uh, then you can respond in, and in repentance and faith, or because of that pain, you can say, I'm going someplace else to hear a message that I want to hear. Don't tell me about yeah. my, my sin, yeah. kind of a feel to it. So, you know, that context in of itself already has to ask, you know, always, already has to cause us to say, hmm, 
you know, am I thinking correctly about what it means to be part of a church or part of the of the body of, mm-hmm. of Christ? And of course, then the other one is individual individualism, which is that uh, we live in a very individualistic society. In other words, that we determine kind of we think things very much more atomistically, that is, individually, and that is, how does this affect me personally? And at best, how does this affect my family But uh, in terms of my biological family? But we don't think beyond beyond that naturally. So atom- atomalistically, yeah. we think the church is like a garbage bag filled with marbles. Mm-hmm. And we are one of those marbles. Okay. Right? Okay. We're, we're one of those marbles. And instead of, so just a church is just a con, basically the container for individuals, right? Okay. Right? Okay. Container for individuals. Okay. Each thing with you. sack with a bunch of marbles in it, right? When the Bible always uses organic language. Mm-hmm. So the kingdom of God is like a, a mustard seed that when it's planted mm. in the ground, mm. <clears throat> right? So what does that happen? Mustard seed grows. He says you can be cut out of the branch. Remember, you can be put back into a branch. Branch. Those are all organic metaphors, which means it's a living relationship that's united, right? It's mm-hmm. biologically united. It's, yeah. it's, it's a body, right? It's not yeah. atomalistic individuals yeah. collective in a, in a sack. Yeah. Okay, so what I want to say is, Rob is Rob's right on. This is what's happening, and I don't want to focus. So that that neg that negatively affects the church when individuals treat it like a consumer. But right. I want to go here. It negatively affects individuals as well. So yeah. you are believing yourself to be a consumer. Mm. So you are actually, you don't understand your identity. Hmm. You don't understand who you are. Yeah. And that, I mean, when I think of myself as a marble in a sack, <laughs> right? This guy next to me doesn't really mean much to me. That right. guy next to me doesn't really mean much to me. Right. We're, we're all self-sufficient on our own. Yeah. And I'm just here for the Bible teaching. I'm just here... But if I think of myself mm. as a culture, as a living organism, mm. the person next to me is vitally connected to me. Mm-hmm. I'm responsible to them. They're responsible to me. If they're suffering, I'm supposed to suffer with them. Mm-hmm. If they're rejoicing, I'm supposed to rejoice with them. They're, if they have a heavy burden, I'm supposed to carry their burden. Yep. If I'm a marble in a sack, I look over at you and go, oh, man, that's, that burden sucks, man. You yeah. should have been more responsible with your finances. Right. I, have no, I feel no uh, ownership. Mm-hmm over their problems, yep. over their issues. Right. I think many people, that's the way they focus on them. That's what they think of themselves, mm-hmm. and that's what they think of uh, the, the church and society as a whole, because they perceive themselves as a, as a consumer. I am here to consume, yeah. right? And that is anti-Christian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is anti-Christian. That we are here to serve. We are here to be obedient. We are here to honor God. We are here, and we are knit together in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say, if you go all the way back, most people that have this kind of understanding, they don't understand the covenantal framework of the Bible. Sure. Okay? So, 
so, so before we go to because I, I know where you're going to go with the yeah. covenant. So let me can we before we get there, I want to. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I think it's important to to so so what a sad picture if you sense yourself as only an atom, a t o m, or a, a, of a, a larger group, or that you're kind of just this hardened, cold human being. Mm. Versus what is Christ calling us to? Anytime he calls us to something, he's calling to something that is going to be flourishing. Mm-hmm. It's going to be something that is beautiful. And so you uh, you, you spoke of you know the, 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 the mustard seed growing into this beautiful plant. What, what are some other um, pictures that he gives us? Well, he gives it one of family. And, and we all have, hopefully, most of us, the majority of us, have a good, wonderful, warm picture of what it means to be a family. And so... I think uh, that's when one of the things that God calls us to in in the gospel is that we become part of a family, that our identity is not a cold, hardened person, but actually our identity is I'm a brother and yep. sister of others, yep. and he's calling me into this family so that when Jesus, when he was here, and uh, you know, there was that moment when they're in the, he, he's, he's ministering, there's a crowd around him, he's ministering in that crowd, and mom and brothers... Mm. They feel like they kind of have a right yeah. to step in and say, hey, we want to talk to Jesus. And Jesus says, "Who?" he asks the question, who is my mother and who are my brothers and who are my sisters? Mm-hmm. And, and he was basically saying, it's not them outside that circle there who's calling me my biological brother mm-hmm. and I'm a mother and brothers and brothers, but rather it's those who will do the will of the Father. In other words, those who will yeah, respond to the he gospel. He says that. Yeah. You, who is my brother's... Those who are doing the will of the Father. Yeah. That's who my, my brother. Yeah. So let's go with that same analogy here. <clears throat> if you have a a sack, or let's just say, you know, garbage bag full of marbles, okay. right? And you take one out, what changes? The weight. A little bit, yeah. right? Would you notice? No. No. Okay. When you cut off a finger, what happens? <laughs> you notice. <laughs> Everybody okay. notice. All right. If you have a brother or sister yeah. leave the family or, or die, yeah. what happens? Huge. You feel it? Yeah. It affects everything. Yeah. It changes everything, right? It right. Does, you don't just you know, go, go down by one. It, every single person is affected in mm-hmm. that family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? Mm. So if you have an atomistic understanding of the church as a bunch of individuals, mm. if you just take your ball and you go to another playground, right? You just, you go from one church to another one. You have, you are a marble that's leaving point A to go to point B. Mm-hmm. And maybe the church doesn't feel it at all. And maybe you don't feel it at all. And there's something wrong with that. Yep. Right. You don't understand. Again, I'll, I'll get there, but the covenantal nature of the Bible, but also what you are or who you are, your identity. You are in a family. Mm-hmm. And if any family member leaves, there's going to be pain, mm-hmm. pain involved, right? Yeah. For, for the one leaving and for the one that's behind. And mm-hmm. it, it sometimes does ir- irreparable damage, right? right? Sure. So, yeah. yeah. And, and let's go back to then the other, you, you just mentioned it, the finger. Um, that's another image or metaphor that Jesus or Paul actually uses in 1 Corinthians 12. And the beauty of that, and the beauty of brother and sister as well, the beauty of that is that then everybody matters. There, everybody has an identity, and it's a living identity. Mm-hmm. It's an identity that says, and this is what's so beautiful about 1 Corinthians 12, it's an identity that says that because of Christ in you, you are significant and important to the body of Christ. Yeah. And so, again, what happens is, you know, uh, when we look at somebody and their value from 
kind of more of our humanistic kind of you know look at them or value of them we can we can look at somebody who seems to be weak or somebody who doesn't seem to have anything to offer to the church body mm. and Christ says oh no they've got some to offer just as much yeah. as you yeah. do you know and, in ways them. that you don't even know you know mm-hmm. kind of a feel to it so it brings Jesus is calling us in church membership he's calling us into uh, an identity that has value that has fruitfulness that has you know that's calling us to be somebody for the, for the people that that God is placing us into membership with so yeah yeah hmm. and he's specifically calling church members under elders right like he's appointing elders he's ma- he made this hierarchical structure for your good and and elders so one of the things he called the shepherds, right? Yeah. So the sheep need to know who their shepherd is, mm-hmm. right? Right, And then the shepherd need to know who their sheep are. Yeah. They're not just marbles. They're not just nameless individuals, mm-hmm. right? The shepherd needs to know the sheep. The sheep needs to know the yeah. shepherd. And, they, and then at Sacred City, we're, we, we come together and we make a covenant. And the elders say, here's... Here's what the Bible says the elders are supposed to do and how we're supposed to shepherd you. And we're making a commitment to do all of these things, a covenant together in the presence of God. And the members say, this is what the Bible says for all of us to do as members. And we're making a covenant to obey these things and and to do these things. And just like a marriage, we know the elders aren't perfect. They're not sinless. And the sheep aren't perfect. They're not sinless. Mm -hmm. And so we're not going to run and quit when... When a, when a sheep does something hurtful to an elder, we're not going to run and quit. And when an elder says something inappropriate or, or doesn't do do his best or, or, or honor God rightly in, in mm-hmm. some way, mm-hmm. the sheep aren't going to run off. We're going to seek reconciliation and forgiveness yeah. together. Mm-hmm. And we're both under the authority of God. And we're going to go to God's word and say, what does God's word say? Right. And if it's not under God's word, then we're going to say, okay, then let's let love cover a multitude of fences. Right. Yeah, so right. Let's, and let's walk together in unity. Right. So a covenant... Again, a covenant is a bond in blood, sovereignly administered with attendant blessings and curses. Mm. And many people don't have a covenantal understanding of the scripture. And Mm. what I mean by that is you go all the way back. Let's just go all the way back to Adam and Eve. When God creates Adam, he does not create a marble that just gets to do whatever he wants. So he doesn't put... Adam in the garden Mm. and go, this is your playground. Do whatever you want. Sure. He puts Adam in the garden and he's, so he prepares a place for Adam. He puts him in the prepared place. Think of this like a playwright who sets the stage and Mm. then puts an actor on the stage. That's what he does for Adam. And he says, listen, Adam, every, you can do it. You can basically do anything here. Just don't eat from that one tree over there. So right away we see now that, what did God do? God spoke, God, God told Adam what he was for and what he could and couldn't do. Mm-hmm. That was a covenant that God made with Adam right there. Mm-hmm. Where he's, and it was a bond in blood, so it was a life or death yep. covenant, right? Like, yep. mm-hmm. if you eat of the tree, you will surely die. Right. Everything else, you will live, right? That was a bond in blood, sovereignly administered. God was the one. So God has... Here's a big statement. I'm going to say it on Sunday. This might come out after that. God has no casual relationship with individuals. Mm-hmm. You only relate to God through the formal avenue of a covenant. Mm-hmm. That's it. And 
we know this because that's how God relates to everything. He made a covenant with the sun and the stars that the, that the days and nights would, mm-hmm. would keep on going, right? Mm-hmm. He makes covenant with creation. He makes a covenant with Adam. And then what does he do? Well, you know, things get kind of bad, right? Real bad. He wipes out the human race, except for what? Saves one family. Mm. Noah gets off the boat. What does he do? Covenant. Makes a covenant with Noah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's got blessings and curses in the, in the covenant. Then you, you, you move on uh, down the road, and he's got a covenant with Moses, right? And then you go down, he's got a covenant with David, right? And then there's in all in the Old Testament, you, you have a promise of this new covenant, this new covenant, mm-hmm. this new covenant that's going to come down the way. And then Jesus comes and he says that, that uh, he's bringing the, the kingdom. And on the night that he's betrayed, he takes the cup and he takes the, he takes the bread, and he takes the cup. He says of the cup, this is the cup of the new covenant, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Now with all of those covenants made, even in Nehemiah this week, we're going to say they, they are renewing their covenant mm-hmm. with God. And they're saying, we promise to do everything that God tells us to do. Mm-hmm. We won't marry non-Christians or allow, our crids, or allow our kids to. We will keep the Sabbath. We will keep the Sabbath. We promise to keep the Sabbath. And we're going to give consistently and sacrificially and generously to the mission of God in the world. They're, they're, they kind of rediscover the, the, the Mosaic covenant. And yeah. now they're recommitting themselves to, to obey it. And guess what they do? They all sign their names. Hmm. They all, they put their names down. They they literally sign the covenant. And they say, um, God, we're in this. Now, it's interesting. The difference between a covenant and a contract, if, if, and this is an illustration that I've heard. If I, if I, um, how am I going to do this? If I sell tractors, okay? And Rob, you need you need to buy a tractor, sure. right? And we sign a contract. You're going to buy a tractor for me, and I'm going to provide it. But uh, but then something happens. There's a there's a, a derecho, right? There's a derecho ruins all your field, <laughs> and it kill and it destroys my my factory. And then you say, you know what? I don't need that tractor now. And I say, you know what? I don't. I can't make. I, I can't make the tractor. <laughs> can't make it we anyway. just say, all right, it's a wash. We're done. Yeah. Right. No. Okay. No. You don't owe me nothing. I don't owe you nothing. Yeah, on we go. Okay. A covenant isn't like that. Right. A covenant is sovereignly administered. So a covenant is between is between uh, two people or God and that person, or let's just say my wife and I now and my and and God. And so if my wife says, you know what, um, I'm not really getting anything out of this marriage, and I go, you know what, I'm not really getting anything out of this marriage either. Let's just dissolve it. God says, absolutely not. Right. What God joined together. Let man not put us under. Let mm. man not separate. Mm. Yeah. So, so, so a covenant goes deeper than just consumeristic. I'm not getting what right. I need. You're not getting what you're... Okay, let's just separate. Right. A covenant goes, no, we've made a covenant to God. So if we were to break our covenant with one another, we're actually breaking covenant with God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you see this all through, mm. all through Scripture. Okay, you see this all through Scripture. And then you get to the New Testament and you've got a bunch of... Again, you've got covenantal language all through... We have a new covenant meal, right, with with the Lord's Supper. So we think there's a covenantal framework of the Bible where people come together and they make a covenant um, between members and pastors in the presence of God. And we're saying, listen, man, we promise to do these things and you promise to do these things and we all need the grace of Jesus to to stick together. Mm. And we're not going to leave based on our personal preferences. Yeah. We're not going to leave just when we get offended. 
because we're, we promise to get offended. This is why the, most of the New Testament letters were written, were because there was so much drama and so much... Because why? We all, if you're a Christian, you're made up of spirit and flesh, right? You, you have a, a new nature and an old nature. You have a new man and an old man, and that old man that needs to be crucified comes off that cross pretty often and sins against somebody, yeah. right? And here's the idea. If you're that atomistic marble, you're always just waiting to get hit by another marble. And what mm -hmm. happens when you get hit by another marble? You ricochet off into yeah. Netherland, right? <laughs> and so you're going to be going from church to church to church your yeah. entire life because you keep getting offended by people, right? right? But if you, if you understand that you've made a covenant between two people and God, or the pastors and the church members, and then you're going to stick around, right? And, and you're part of a body. Now we do, and then, so these are some vows that we have. So when we do dedications or when we do ba baby baptisms, mm. that those parents are vowing to raise the children in the in the in the fear and padea of the Lord, the, the yeah. Christian education. And the we make we have the congregation stand up and say, and we we're promising to help them. Yeah. Yeah. So what does that mean? That means if you if you see that child uh, at the grocery store you know, being wild and doing something crazy, you're going to go and talk to the parents. But Hey man, I saw your kid this last week and man, they were really acting wild or, or you might have to walk up to that child and say, Hey bud, what, what are you doing? What's yep. going on, man? You're, you're a Christian. Like you're in the covenant community. That's not the way you behave at a, yep. at a grocery store. Yeah. Right. Like what are, what are you doing, man? Like we are a family. And so we, we, we're not doing it in a curmudgeon way. We're not doing it in a mean way, but we're helping parents mm. disciple their children. And yep. we're making a vow to do that. Right, we're, we're mm -hmm. serving in the kids' ministry. We're teaching their kids. We're we're making a vow to do that. So, so I think understanding the whole covenantal framework of the Bible, people come together, cut covenant, and literally, literally was called cutting a covenant, yeah. mm -hmm. and saying we're doing this until death death do us part. Right, yeah. and I often say like, um, you know, the only, you know, really, the only re reason to to leave a church. Is if if the preachers are preaching heresy, if they're mm. if they're not preaching the word of God, if they're preaching falsehoods, if yeah. they're they're allowing, um, you know, if they're not pre preaching good doctrine, but you know, strife, division. I don't really like the worship. I don't really like this part. That guy's kind of boring, or that guy yells too much, or this. I, I don't I don't think that's a good. That's good. Now you you can go check out churches. Like you can check out churches. There, there's definitely you know different strokes for different folks and different styles and things. But once you say okay, this is going to be our church, yeah. you make a covenant and you get it warts and all. Right. Yeah. Right. I had a pastor used to say, right. um, "We're not the perfect church, and if we were, we wouldn't let you in." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because you're not perfect, right? <laughs> like, right. You're, you're so you know yeah. you're not perfect. So why would you expect the the, ch the church to be perfect? Mm. So I think you miss out on a lot of things. I think you miss out on sanctification mm. because if you're that marble, that every time you get offended, you bounce to the other. You're never going to grow that way. Right. Yeah. Right. I think um, you you misunderstand the fa familial nature of um, of the the church, and we were deeply formed and. Misin misformed, malformed, mm. in in a in a family, yep. in our family of origin, our parents sinned against us and did some things wrong, and God wants to reform us in the Christian community and mm. heal us in, in a Christian community. You're gonna you're gonna uh, miss out on that, right? And I, I think probably the greatest one of the greatest dangers that you're going to do if you treat the church in a consumeristic way is you're going to uh, really damage your children, yeah, and and their understanding of the church and their and their view of the church. 
and they will come to view the church as simply, I just go, I'm going to the place that gives me the best burger, mm-hmm. right? Right. Just like the, the restaurant. Right. I'm going to the place with the best preaching, the best music, yeah. best kids ministry, the best youth ministry. Um, that's how I'm choosing my church. Um, and not on um, theology or, mm-hmm. you know, you know, yeah. qualified elders or, or the things that the preaching the gospel, the, the mm-hmm. things that the, the Bible says are the marks of the true church, mm-hmm. right? Church discipline, practicing church discipline. Um, that's one of the marks of the, the true church. So, so what do we say to the people that uh, have been hurt by a church that is in the covenant and they've been in a covenant and maybe they're having some commitment issues? I'd say welcome to the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I think everybody in this room is that person. Yeah, you know? sure. You know, um, I've been... You know, I've been I've been hurt by I've been greatly hurt by the church. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been I've been more wounded. The Bible says uh, in Galatians, "Be careful that you don't bite and devour one another, mm-hmm. right? Um, because you might consume one another." Mm-hmm. And I have in my life I have been more hurt, wounded, sinned against by Christians in churches than I have been unchristians, mm-hmm. non-Christians, right? So I would say, yeah, welcome to the family. Yeah. And I've also probably been <clears throat> more offended, more wounded, more upset, more frustrated, more angry at my family, my mm-hmm. pa- parents and my siblings than I have with anybody yeah, else. Right. Right? Yeah. That's what it means to be a part of a family. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You know, you get it warts and all. Yeah. You get it, you know? So, But, but again, I think the important thing to remember is, is that those moments of hurt and pain God does an amazing work in those moments. So yeah. our greatest growth comes when we are hurt. Our greatest, yeah. our, our greatest growth comes when there is pain and suffering that comes into our life. This is why Peter says, he says, we rejoice in our sufferings. Well, guess what? Where the sufferings come from? They not only come from outside the church, but they come from inside the church yeah. as we are as a family living both in spirit and in flesh, and in our flesh comes out. God can do really good work in those times if we stay in the covenant of that that relationship yeah. with that those church, and unfortunately, many people never grow very far because they're unwilling to stay and really work those things mm-hmm. out, and so they just go from one church to another church to another church, continue to be hurt by the family because again, that's what we're saying: the nature is of being part of the family of both spirit and nature and and, and fleshly natures that we have, and they never really grow very very much. Yeah. Think about what Joseph said at the end of his story. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He said, everything that you did, <laughs> right, everything that you intended for my harm, yeah. God intended for my good, right? Yeah. right? So <clears throat> that's, the way, that's the way that God works, right? Yeah. That's the way God works. So, Praise God. So that's why we do uh, a covenant, and, uh, and we think it's um, God-honoring. We're making vows to one another. We're making oaths to one another. We're asking God to help us um, keep those. And it's showing us kind of family rules. Like those covenants show us the family rules. They're all mm-hmm. taken from scripture and it just says, this is what you can expect of the elders. This is what we can expect of you. And we're making a commitment together. And, um, and at Sacred City, we, we, there's no, we don't want, uh, we don't want people on the sidelines. Yeah. We want us all committed. We put all put a hand to the rope and we're all tugging together. Right. Mm-hmm. right? We're all right. moving the mission forward yeah. together. Right. So, and and here's a benefit. You know, think about the benefits. Is that it, when you go out alone and are trying to follow Christ alone without anybody coming alongside, 
It is really, really difficult. Oh, man. But man, if you have a people who are around you and surrounding you who are called your family, what a difference that makes in terms of our ability to be obedient, our ability to walk out the gospel within our lives and in our family's life. And so that's the, you know, so we've been kind of talking about some of the pain and suffering. There's also some really good stuff that comes mm-hmm. out as a result mm-hmm. of having others who are coming alongside you in your your difficulties and your troubles. You have a family who can, can help you. Yeah, for sure. So without a doubt, there are always a couple of people who say, well, yeah, yeah, that's great. But I can do that without signing a piece of paper. So how do you answer those folks? I don't think you can. Um, what are you committing to? What mm. are you promising to do? How, who, who is holding you accountable? Mm. If you don't do them, who calls you? Who texts you? Mm. Right? If sure. you, I'll just say this. If you, um, so let me just speak like this. As an elder, um, my priority is to the members. Mm-hmm. My priority sure. is to the sheep, sure. right? And so when a member goes to the hospital, I go, yeah. right? And I know it because they're a member, yeah. right? Um, when, they, when a member wants to get married, I, I do it. When a mm-hmm. member you know, dies, we, we, we do it. I am accountable to God. Mm-hmm. Now, who am, I, who, who am I accountable to God to? I, I think I'm accountable to my sheep, mm-hmm. to my members, mm-hmm. Some ran some some person who just shows up occasionally calls me their pastor, mm-hmm. but I don't know him from Adam. Yeah. Right. I don't think God's going to judge me based on how I'm not their shepherd. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I don't but, think. But then they get offended at you when you don't when you don't come through. Well, they they, they might they might. Yeah. Uh, and it's like I don't know you, and you're not. We haven't covenanted. We haven't covenanted together. You know what I mean. So I don't know if that person's in an MC. I don't mm-hmm. know if that person, mm-hmm. that person could be a serial killer for all I know. I have no <laughs> idea, right? <clears throat> but the members of our church have all met with a, either me or a pastor yep. has been, have been interviewed. They're in a missional community, mm-hmm. and we have intimate knowledge of them. Yep. Right. I talk to their missional community leaders. How's it going with them? How, you know, mm-hmm. all all these different things. And so, that person who says I can do all this. I, I just, I don't, don't see how. I don't see how you could, and I don't. How are you, bear, keep bearing other people's burdens, right, and being um, on the hook mm-hmm. for it? Well, because then the accountability, it's on them to uphold their end of the covenant, right? Instead of, well, or or a, a backroom pinky promise, right? Well, you kind of pinky promised to uphold this, and if you don't, then you know. You're functioning like a marble. You can mm. you can bounce away and nobody will know. Versus yeah. having the covenant, being able to say, "Hey, you're not doing this. Like, let's talk about it." Yeah, and Is here's here's another benefit. People in our society right now they are um, allergic to commitment. Yeah, they are allergic to yeah. signing their name on a dotted line mm-hmm. and saying, "I will be here, come hell or high water." You know, like they're allergic to that. They, mm. They're afraid of commitment. Yep. They're afraid of long term. Well, what happens? Because in the future, I might change. I might, I might want something different. I might want something better. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and so one of the benefits is just, man, it, it makes you grow up. Mm. It make taking responsibility is a God honoring activity. Mm-hmm. And when you sign your name on a dotted line and you say, you know what, I'm going to take on responsibility. Mm-hmm. These are my people. 
Those are my pastors. Yeah. I'm going to pray for those pastors. I'm going to honor those pastors. I'm going to show honor to those pastors. The Bible, the Bible specifically says that you're to show honor mm. to your pastors, double right. honor to those who, who preach the word to you. I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm going to do that because they're my pastor, and I'm going to love my sh- these sheep. And that means when this person next to me in missional community needs to move, I'm going to be there doing it, yeah. literally carrying burdens, carrying yeah. their burdens, right? Right, right? And I am making a commitment to do that, not just when it's convenient, but when it's inconvenient. Mm-hmm. Sure. And most of those individual people, I, I would say, you know, a lot of times they're not doing the really hard thing of like mission nights, you know, like right. when we're, because look, the covenant challenges us to do this stuff, giving 10% of your, mm-hmm. of your income, going to mission nights, being actively on mission yeah. with, with people, yeah. you know? They're not, I'm not here just for the pieces that I like. Right. I'm here for the whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a covenant calls us to all of it. You know, let, let me just tell you a real beautiful story of that, and that is we, in, in my particular missional community, we had a couple who they were on mission to their parents. Mom and dad do not know Christ. Mm. And we had a really bad rain here in the Quad Cities, and their, their um, uh, sump pump stopped, and their basement flooded. Mm. And they called us and said, we need people here in two hours to help my parents move their stuff out of their basement because it's, it's all getting ruined. You know, the, the water's coming up. And it was, it was incredible. We had probably six men from our MC into their work day. I'm coming. I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there. And these hit, their parents are just like, I don't even, they didn't even know us. I mean, we were complete strangers yeah. to them. We walk into their basement. We got all that stuff out in about an hour and a half. So, and why did we do that? We did that because we knew our commitment that we had with regards to one another. And That's we good. knew that part of what we wanted to do is we knew that our MC, that, that we, when we're on mission to a particular individual as an individual, we all commit to help them in that if we can in any way. And this was an opportunity for us to, to do that. So it's, it's that kind of good stuff that comes out of making a you know a conscious, mm-hmm. intentional uh, decision that I'm going to be part of this church and yeah. I'm 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 going to be committed to these people. You know, it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yep. Yeah. All right. Hopefully, we answered that question for the listener. We thank you. Do we do thank you for uh, yep. emailing us those questions? Great questions. We'd love to answer them. So if you got more, send them to me, Justin Dean at SacredCityChurch.com. We love you. We're praying for you. And God bless.